and that will make us go live. So, um, welcome to everyone who is Ooh. watching live online this this evening, not this morning, <laughs> um, and welcome, of course, again to everyone that's here in person this evening. And uh, I just love the presence of God. Uh, you may already know that, uh, but I love worshiping. I love God's presence and. Uh, there's kind of nothing I'd rather do, to be honest. Um, and I was blessed this afternoon to have uh, several hours in my little office just playing and worshipping, uh, which is why I'm a bit raspy now, I've just realised, I expect. Um, but uh, I can't wait to be back in an environment where we can come together as hundreds of people moshed in together, just singing at the top of our voices and dancing around and praising God. Uh, I miss those times. <laughs> Really, really miss those times, um, but those times are coming again very soon. We're really excited. Next Sunday morning, we start um, our stage one of our regathering, which is for kids' church and the the younger youth, so ignition age. And uh, they're going to be meeting on Sundays at the school, at the uh, the Portsmouth Academy, um, with our amazing team of people who are serving during those next 10 weeks, which will take us to the 20th of June. And then after the 20th of June, our plan, uh, we've kind of decided this uh, regardless of, of what restrictions are still in place, but our plan is from the 27th of June to take the next step towards regathering in full. So uh, we're gonna be working hard towards making that as smooth a process as possible. Uh, I'm really, Thankful that we got 60 people involved in serving during the next 10 weeks. That's serving in kids' church, admission, on hosting, with the setting up and stuff on the Sunday mornings for the next 10 weeks. It's just wonderful. Uh, I didn't really have to work too hard to round those people up to make that happen. And I'm really, really grateful uh, for all of those that are going to be serving. But when we come back together in full, uh, you know, we're going to just need to double our efforts and, and we're going to see. There's going to be so much to do, um, but I think everyone's coming back with such a fresh heart to serve. It's wonderful. I've just had so many conversations, even over the last couple of weeks, where people are just, I can't wait to get serving again. And so I just want to say well done, Family Church, whether you're here tonight or online, just well done for having that attitude of heart. So um, we've really enjoyed the last couple of series that we've done. Uh, this series is called The Believer's Toolbox, and, uh, and it's been great to dig into what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And this is the sixth part tonight. After this evening, we're going to have a four-week series. They're getting shorter, aren't they? Uh, so starting next week, we're going to have a four-week series called We Are Team. Um, and part of the idea of that is, is then on the 16th of May, we're going to have a team night where we talk about what opportunities there will be to serve when we regather in full at the end of June. So we're going to be talking about team, we're going to be talking about the body of Christ, the fact that we're at the family of God, we're part of the household of God. Um, we're going to be talking about the cause of Christ and the kingdom of God um, over the next four weeks. So I'm really excited about that. But tonight is week six of the Believer's Toolbox, where we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and Nacho Oconquo <laughs> is sharing the word of God with us tonight and I love Nacho's teaching. I'm ready, my heart is ready to receive all that God's got to speak to us through Nacho. So should we give Nacho a big welcome? Oh. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well. They're clapping for you, Nacho, <laughs> on you. the camera as well. So, God bless you. Thank you. Got your microphone. Excellent. Brilliant. Just put this back here. Okay, cool. Hi, everyone. Oh, of course, you can't talk back. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good to see you all. Um, it's wonderful to be, uh, to be here again uh, to uh, bring the, uh, the word of God to us. It really is an honor for me, um, you know, uh, to, to do this. So, uh, yes, I uh, just commit this time into God's hand and and I pray that, uh, yes, God will speak to us. I mean, he has already been speaking to us, you know, through the, uh, the songs we've been listening to, the worship. Um, you know, he's ministered to me. And some of the things that, you know, we're going to be talking about, uh, yeah, he's already actually, you know, started speaking, you know, like I said, through the words of the song already. Uh, so, yeah, so God is here. You know, his spirit is here. And he's here to, uh, as the song says, to, to meet our needs, you know, and to, uh, to walk in our hearts. Amen. Praise God. So tonight, uh, like Pastor Stu uh, said, we are going to be talking about um, well, it's the last uh, part of the um, Believer's Toolbox um, series that we've been running for, uh, for the last few weeks. And tonight we'll be discussing the topic, the more excellent way. Okay, and we're going to be considering the or rather our motivation for using uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, that we've been learning about. So our focus tonight will not be so much on the gifts themselves, okay, because we have um, had excellent teaching by Pastor Andy, Pastor Stu, um, on each of them. Uh, so we're going to be focusing more on, like I said, the motivation for us using those gifts, and we're going to be um, dwelling more on the later verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and also uh, chapter 13 as well. Uh, we are going to start reading though. Um, I'll, I'll get ready to read a lot. <laughs> uh, we're going to start reading. Um, our first reading is going to be from the first four verses of 1 Corinthians 12 because there is something I would like to draw our attention to there. So if you are ready, you should turn up on the screen. I'm gonna set my timer on as well so that I don't uh, I don't think there will be a danger of overrunning but I'll just start that. Cool. Um, so first Corinthians 12 and we're gonna read verses 1 to 4 and it says this now about the gifts of the Spirit brothers and sisters I do not want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the, by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. So what I wanted to draw attention to, the first thing I want to draw attention to is this is that there is actually a test in verse 3. And it's simply this. <laughs> it's a really very simple test. Can you say Jesus is Lord? Can you utter those words with conviction and mean them with you know, every fiber 
of your being. Can you say those words, Jesus is Lord? Because I'm sure if you think about it, there are people in your life that you know who probably struggle to say that. You know, um, they probably find it easier to maybe make jest with the name of Jesus or, or curse. You know, I know people who, yeah, you know, use Jesus as a, as a swear word, unfortunately. Um, but um, if you can verbalize those three words, if you can actually say it and mean it with all your heart, uh, if you recollect Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, it says this. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your, with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith right. and you are saved. So if you can say those three words, then you've passed the test. <laughs> Amen. You've passed the test. And I want you to know that if you have, um, you can say those words, you pass the test. And, and according to the scriptures, every spiritual gift is available to you. Amen. That is, you, know, right. you, you are qualified. You know, that's all you need. You are qualified to be a vessel that the Holy Spirit can use. Because, yeah, according to verse 3, um, it says, um, yeah, no one can say uh, Jesus is Lord and mean it except by the operation and influence of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you pass the test if you can say that. And I believe all of us here should be able to say that, you know, that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Um, so that means um, that every gift of the Holy Spirit is available to you. If you can say that, uh, the gift of the word of knowledge, it can operate in your life and mine. The gift of the, you know, of healing, miraculous powers, it can op operate in your life and mine. Um, as it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one, everyone. Amen. Okay. There is just one caveat, though, and uh, I'd like to say that as we continue, that and that caveat is this. It is as the Holy Spirit determines, as the Bible says. First uh, Corinthians 12, verse 11. If you're going to read, turn, turn to that. First Corinthians 12, 11 says this. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 2, 3 and 4 says the same thing. Uh, Hebrews 2, 3 and 4. And that says, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? Um, this salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles. And look at that next phrase. And by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So it's according to the will of the Holy Spirit, not our will. Okay. Um, so if we go back to, like I said, we're going to focus a bit on the latter part of um, 1 Corinthians 12. So if you go back to 1 Corinthians 12, from verse 27, we're going to read down to the end. So 1 Corinthians 12, 27, down to 31. Now, you are the body of Christ. Pastor T was just talking about that now. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, 
third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Yet, and yet I will show you the more, sorry, the most excellent way. Um, and that's where, you know, our, our topic comes from, the more excellent way. So there are two things we learn from this passage, especially the last verse, verse 31. First of all, so one, the word of God clearly um, encourages us, as we have been, you know, learning throughout this series, to eagerly, eagerly desire the manifestation of, you know, the spiritual gifts in our lives. Okay, no matter what part of the body um, that you and I are, you know, if you read the preceding verses um, of this chapter from verse 12 downwards, you know, it talks about how in Christ, you know, we are all members of, of one body, but we're different parts, you know, so you have the eye, you have the hand, you have the, uh, the foot, and so on and so forth. So, but he says, no matter what the... Um, part of the body that you and I are, the gifts of the Holy Spirit can be manifested in us and through us. Okay, in Acts chapter 2 verse 39, when Peter was um, addressing the crowd that had gathered on the day of Pentecost, you know, the Holy Spirit had come down and, um, you know, they had started, you know, the tongue of fire had, you know, appeared on their heads and they had, you know, all started speaking in tongues and, you know, they burst out into the street and people were like, what's going on? Um, and Peter was addressing the, the, the crowd and he told them concerning the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, Acts 2.39, he said, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Okay? That, that includes you and me. We are those who are afar off from that time and from that place, you know. So, you know, from that time onwards, you know, whoever God, you know, he said that promise is for you, it's for you, it's for you, it's for all of us. Hallelujah. Um, so it's a promise for everyone who, whom the God will call, anyone who is a blood-washed saint of God, no matter your role or your place in the body of Christ. Stephen, the first matter uh, that we read about in the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 7, he was an usher. He was a member of the hosting team you know, of the early church, you know, one of the, one of the um, seven that was chosen to wait on tables and serve food. But listen, listen to his testimony, listen to his testimony in Acts chapter 6, uh, verse 8 and verse 10. Are we there? Yeah, okay. It says, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. And then verse 10, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit uh, gave him as he spoke. So, so the gifts of, of working of miracles and, 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 and wisdom, you know, the word of wisdom, at least we are clearly manifest, manifesting through Stephen. And he wasn't even an apostle. He wasn't one of the, you know, one of the, one of the 12. He was just an, an usher. Um, now, imagine this. If this could be said of every hosting team member of Family Church, you know, uh, of every you know car park team member, of everybody who works, you know, in the kids' church or uh, on the worship team, imagine if, if this could be said of us as well. You know, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be incredible? You know, but that's what God wants us to desire. That's what God wants us to you know to hunger for. 
And it says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Um, so that's the first thing we learn, that God clearly, the word of God clearly encourages us to eagerly desire you know, the manifestation of the, of the spiritual gifts in our lives. And the second thing is this. If we go back to 1 Corinthians 12, um, verse 31 in particular, it says, um, now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. So um, Paul is teaching us there is a recommended pathway you know, to follow if we desire uh, the spiritual gifts and manifestations, you know, whatever gifts there are in our lives. And as we're going to read in the next chapter, it's the way of love. In fact, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, you know, spells it out very plainly. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Okay, and that says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So, so love is the pathway, you know, the recommended pathway. Uh, but as we, as, we, as we are going to discover in the next uh, few minutes or moments, it's not just the pathway, it should also be the motivation to use the spiritual gifts, the toolbox. First uh, Corinthians 13, 1 to 3, I'm going to turn there now. So that's like, yeah, the next, the next chapter um, and the next few verses. Okay, and it says, If I speak in the tongues of men, of angels, but do not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now, as most of us will know, the Greek word that is translated love in this passage, as most of us will know, is agape. A-G-A-P-E, A-G-A-P, agape. And that's different from other ancient Greek words for love, such as uh, eros, uh, which means you know, the erotic or sexual love between a man and a woman. Uh, there's another word uh, for love, which is storgy which is another word which means uh, love in Greek, in Greek, ancient Greek. And that's the um, natural affection, you know, between family members, you know, like between a parent and, you know, uh, and, and child. Uh, and then you have one more word, which is uh, philia, uh, which is love amongst friends, you know, amongst comrades or, or colleagues, if you like, brotherly love. Agape, on the other hand, is the highest form of love, and it is unconditional, unchanging, sacrificial, self-giving love for whosoever. So it's indiscriminate, really, you know. Um, and this is the kind of love that God has. And we're going to read a few, a few, um, a few verses uh, just to um, remind us of. Uh, our God and who he is. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Lamentations 3, 22, 23 in the ESV version. Is that okay? Yeah. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Hallelujah. His mercies never come to an end. Amen. 
they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Um, Psalm 118, 1 and verse 29. So those are the first and the last verse, the verses of Psalm 118. And they say exactly the same thing. Something worth repeating, obviously. <laughs> uh, and it says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Amen. And if you go to uh, Exodus, Exodus um, 34 and verse 6, now, this is God describing himself. This is God in his own words uh, to, to Moses. He's telling, you know, speaking to Moses here. And he's proclaiming in that verse that he is the, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Hallelujah. So, so this is why you know, the Bible tells us in 1 John 4, verse 8, we're going to read that actually in a moment, that God is love. Amen. He can't help himself. That is who he is. This is this, that's who he is. That's, that's, that's God is love. Uh, and, and these are just a few examples in the Old Testament. Um, and when we come to the New Testament, there's even more. There's even more. Apparently, there's um, over 200 references of, oh, sorry, to agape love in the New Testament alone. For example, Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in, in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So, so God not only loved us when we were unlovable, okay, but he also loved us when we were totally incapable of loving him back. Amazing. You know, I mean, when you are dead, you are dead. All you can do is to rot and stink. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all about all you can do. Um, but that doesn't stop God from loving us still um, because, because of his great love for us, you know, despite our sorry condition, he made us alive with Christ. Hallelujah. I mean, Pastor Andy was talking about that this morning. That was a brilliant message this morning, Pastor Andy. Thank you so much. Um, and now God wants us to follow this example, you know, of, um, of, of loving, you know, that is to love from our, our will as a matter of choice, okay, to have, you know, that steadfast, you know, intentional or deliberate um, action that always strives for the highest good of another, regardless of whether, they, you know, they uh, give you back anything in return, you know, without expecting anything back in return. I'm going to read a few verses, you know, uh, just to uh, remind us of that. Um, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Thanks, Andy, on the board. Uh, it says this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Uh, John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must also love 
one another. So, so love is a big issue for God. <laughs> you know, it's a big matter for God. It's a, it's a very, very big, uh, because like I said, that's who he is. And, and as his children, that's what he, how he wants us to live as well. So if we go back to uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3, where we read earlier, um, we can understand very clearly that without love, without agape love, um, all the spiritual gifts, you know, whatever they are, the utterance gifts, speaking in tongues of men or angels, uh, the revelation gifts, you know, prophecy, you know, word of knowledge, you know, a word of wisdom, the power gives, you know, faith that can move mountains. Paul actually mentions each category there. Um, without love, they fall short of God's intention for their use. Um, if you read, you know, uh, the book of Corinthians, you see that Paul was actually um, admonishing the Corinthian church, you know, because they were not walking in love, you know. Um, and so that's why he, you know, he, he penned these words, you know, to them. Uh, three times that phrase, sorry, that phrase, but do not love, you know, of course, doesn't it? Okay. Um, yeah. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have, but do not have love. And then in verse 2, he says the same thing, but do not have love. Verse 3, but do not have love. Um, so each time, you know, he's reminding them, you know, and he's teaching us basically that anyone operating the gifts of the Spirit um, minus love is more or less a show off. You know, that, that's, that's, what, that's, that's who he is. Um, in Matthew 6, sorry, Matthew 7, 22 and 23, Jesus actually warns us that it's not all prophecies or miracles that are performed in his name that are acknowledged by him. Uh, this is a serious word. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. You know, and, and that, you know, when you realize that, wow. <laughs> but that just underlines um, the, the importance of the right motive, you know, when, when pursuing and exercising spiritual gifts. Good. And in the life and ministry of Jesus himself, of Christ himself, compassion, you know, which is actually love in action to alleviate someone else's suffering, was the driving force behind lots of the miracles that he performed. For example, Matthew 14, Matthew 14 verse 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed them. So first of all, he had compassion on them and then he healed them. Okay, And that, this particular event, if you read that account, was actually uh, before the feeding of, feeding of the 5,000, uh, which was yet another miracle that he performed because he was moved with compassion uh, for the crowd. In the Gospels, uh, many places he says, you know, um, th there's this phrase, he says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, two references are in Matthew 9, verse 36, and in Mark 6, verse 34. I might come up on the screen. Yeah. So you can see that, you know, um, he always had this concern or this, this um, yes, empathy or sympathy. In fact, he says there in uh, Hebrews that we do not have a high priest who's un unable to yeah. sympathize with our weaknesses. Praise God. Yeah. Um, in Mark, Verse, chapter 8 and verse 3 
this is the account of the feeding of the 4,000. He says this, if I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. You know, so so it, was, it was a similar pattern. Um, compassion, you know, concern, you know, genuine concern for the well-being of the masses. Uh, and you have to remember, not everybody <laughs> in that crowd, you know, was there for, you know, the right reasons. You know, some had very, you know, nefarious reasons for being there, maybe to trap Jesus or to, 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 to catch him out on something. Um, but he always, yeah, follows this pattern. You have compassion um, and then the miracle. The miracles always follow the heart of compassion. One more example, Matthew 20 and verse 34. And this is uh, the account of uh, the two blind men on the roadside. Uh, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. And so these men were on the roadside and they were shouting. They heard that Jesus was passing by and they started shouting, um, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And he did. He actually, you know, um, um, turned aside and, and you know, um, killed them. But once again, it's just to emphasize that the compassion came first yeah. and then the miracle. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, so we're going to bring this to a landing now. I told it's very, very short one. <laughs> um, and I have kept to my time limits, I believe. Um, in conclusion, one, the gifts of the Spirit are available to us all. No exemption, no limitation. You don't have to be, you know, any spiritual superstar. You just have to be a believer in Christ. That's all. You know, like I said, if you pass the test, you can say Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit is working in your life. You can, you know, um, walk or, or use the spiritual toolbox. Um, that's one. Two, God wants us to desire to pursue and make use of the spiritual gifts. You know, that's what they're there for, to be used. You know, um, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, Paul actually specifically says this as well. And he encouraged this Corinthian church to aim for those gifts that build the church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says, so, is, so it is with you. Since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build the church. Okay, so he wants us to... Um, Yes, to put the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit to use. And number three, love is the pathway to follow, as well as the motivation for exercising the gifts. And this love is the God kind of love, or agape love. And we're going to read the attributes of this love as we round up. And that's in 1 Corinthians 14, sorry, 13 rather, uh, 4 to 7, one of the most well-known portions of Scripture um, about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Amen. So when you read these verses, you will uh, come to one conclusion very, very quickly. Uh, this, is not, uh, this is not Hollywood love. <laughs> it's not the kind of love you, uh, you're watching in, in the movies, unless you are watching The Passion of the Christ, maybe, or something along those lines. But it's not love that comes naturally to us either. You know, for instance, where it says love is patient. Um, naturally, we are impatient. You know, that's just by nature, you know, who we are. None of us 
or most of us now I can say none of us but most of us can't wait for one hour say one hour without complaining <laughs> why is this taking so long um, um, and sometimes yes you know our 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 self-importance or ego can get the better of us and we, and we can get annoyed or irritated you know because we have a tendency just to focus on our needs um, but thank God that we are not just mere men, as the Bible says. We are not just natural men, you know. Praise God. You know, like I said, as Pastor was sharing this morning, we are living in the post-resurrection era. Yeah. Praise God. The Bible says that we have been made alive with Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, we've been raised with him. And we have access to his life, you know, through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Romans 5, verse 5, <laughs> says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. You know, by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So, so Jesus is the embodiment, you see, of, of agape love. You know, he's the one that, well, you know, in, in every, in every, in every um, attribute there, he's, he, he meets it. You know, he's the one that's patient. He's the one that's kind. He's the one that, you know, um, was not self-seeking and, and gave his life for us, you know, that humbled himself and, and became, you know, as low as he could be and hung on the cross, you know, for us. Um, so he is the embodiment of, um, of agape love. And the more we experience or the more we are filled with his love, the more we reflect it, you know, the more, the more we, um, the overflow uh, from our lives, will, you know, can touch others. And the last verse, First John 4 verse 19 says this, we love because he first loved us. So it is his love in us that loves through us. Amen. So let us follow the more excellent way of love and go after the spiritual gifts. Amen. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> right. uh, wow. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> That was excellent. So good. That was the more excellent sermon. <laughs> Thank you. And I was just thinking about the, the love that Jesus had for people, that, that he was constantly moved with compassion. And then following the compassion that he had for people, um, he would then do a miracle or heal someone. And then Nadja was just finishing by saying how uh, God's love has been shed abroad in our hearts. And that same love... Um, that was in Jesus has been placed in our lives and um, and I was just thinking that there's so many instances aren't there when we feel compassion towards people or towards situations um, and that's sometimes as far as it goes isn't it um, but actually that's the stirring of God in our hearts it could be a stirring of God in our hearts um, and actually when we sense that, that compassion, that love, that stirring of God in our hearts in certain situations, then actually what God probably wants to do is to use us to bring a miracle, um, to use us to pray for those who are sick, um, to use us to bring his wisdom into that situation. And I was just thinking that I want, I was, I've been saying it all, as we've been teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want to be someone that is using these spiritual tools much more regularly and more effectively. And so I was just thinking that when I feel that love and that compassion towards people, as I often do, I don't just want it to, to kind of finish with that or just finish with me going up to someone or, I don't know, buying them a gift card to, you know, say we love you or writing them a card, although all of those things are really good. Um, actually, 
I want to see what that's going to produce in my life as I kind of say, okay, God, I know this is your love that's stirring my heart right now. What do you want to do in this situation? So let me encourage you. Uh, let's kind of think that way and see what God does through our lives. Thank you, Nacho. It was so good. I've got pages of notes. And uh, I'm grateful uh, for you, Nacho, and for your family as well. Thank you. Uh, this is good. I really enjoy uh, what we're doing on a Sunday evening. Thank you for being here this evening. Thank you for watching online as well. Um, whether you watch it tonight, whether you watch this on Catch Up, God bless you for watching. Please could you press the red button again. Thank you.